the guys from Ping, they've kind of shown me how much the equipment matters. I just love that I can hit any shot I kind of want. We're going to be able to tell some fun stories about what goes on here to help golfers play better golf. Welcome back to the Ping Proving Grounds podcast. I'm Shane Bacon. That is Marty Jertson. And Marty, I'm happy to announce that our first repeat guest on the podcast is not Victor Hovland. It's not Tony Finau. It's a man more famous and more popular. Kenton Oates is our first repeat guest on the Proving Grounds podcast. What a moment. KO, this is going to be fun, and we're going to be talking about stuff today to help uh, help you get out of trouble out there in, in uh, some trends we're seeing on the PGA Tour that are taking the tour by storm, and KO has been a huge part of that, and that's why we got him on today. Kenton, what is life like right now not being on the road? Because I know you spend so much of your year on the road. What's, your, what's it been like? How, how long have you been home? What's kind of the run you get at home before you kind of go back to the truck? Yeah, that's a great question. I've actually been on the road a little more than some people might think. The truck just uh, made a stop off in uh, Oklahoma, and we helped out some Oklahoma and Oklahoma State players. And then we moved it on over to Fayetteville, where we helped out the University of Arkansas. So I have had some weeks off, but I obviously did Vegas and then that. So uh, we stay pretty busy even while the, you know, the guys are you know, playing in Japan or wherever they might be playing. No truck in Japan? You didn't drive it over? You're not going to make that trip? We didn't, uh, we didn't cargo that thing over there uh, yet, so no, no truck in Japan. <laughs> that, would, that would be next level. Kittens on the boat across the pond, just sitting in the truck going, we got two more days of this, we can do it. Um, Kitten, today we're going to talk about a couple of things that I find extremely fascinating. One of them, and we'll get to this in a bit, is the boom and the popularity of the Sevenwood. But I want to start with a term that I feel like a lot of people might not know what it means, but they probably heard it, especially if they follow this podcast and follow what Ping has done over the last three and four years. And Marty, that term is spinsistency. Now, there's a video on YouTube from G425 days where some of the tour players were talking about spinsistency. They were trying to spell the term. They were trying to explain <laughs> what it is. Marty, you're the man that we got to turn to because I think you're a kind of person that can – I guess, summarize what the term is and what we're talking about. Yeah, when we're designing a new product, Shane, it, always, it, it all starts with the problem we're trying to solve for the golfer. And, and one of the most painful things, I know it's been painful for me, I'm sure it's been painful for you, I'm sure it's been painful for Kenton and all of our players, is when you're out on the golf course and you thin your three-wood, five-wood driver in the thing balloons up in the air. You know, we've seen some graphics on the internet that show, oh, if you hit the driver high on the face, the spin's going to go down. You hit it low on the face, the spin's going to go up. That's a very painful thing. And one way we've always done to counter that in the design world is to make the moment of inertia higher. So it counters, it reduces the gear effect, which is when you hit low on the face, spike in the spin, you're going to lose a ton of distance. If you're hitting into the wind, the ball's going to kind of lose its stability. So there's more, one, more than one way to solve that problem. We can boost the MOI, and we've done that a lot over the years to, to solve that problem. But spinsistency is a calculated changing of the curvature of the face to counter low spin, uh, high on the face. You get that, you've hit that ball that's too high on the face, and it falls out of the air. So your spin gets too low. Or the impact's low on the face where the spin gets spiked or increased, now we can normalize that with spinsistency. 
So we make the bottom of the face have a little tighter curvature, and we balance that with the other properties of the head. And then we make the top of the face have a little bit more loft, so that when you hit up there, you retain the spin. So it's it's effectively one way to think about it. What we've done on the G430 driver, it's like making the moment of inertia of the driver 10% higher without making the moment of inertia 10% higher. Another way to look at it is. A player hitting the G425 driver, which is already super stable from a spin standpoint, could increase their impact stat area by 56% and get the same dispersion and strokes gain driving. So now you don't have to hit the center of the face as often to play a great golf. And KO, I think one thing we could talk about, which was just over a year ago, we launched the 430 driver. I came out for it because I was so excited about launching it in Vegas and having our players hit it for that first time. And the words they use, Shane, are like, oh, the flight is so stable. It's so tight. It holds its line better in the crosswinds. What they're experiencing is like, well, you miss it a little bit around the face. All the hits perform more like a center hit. KO, when you have players come into the truck, when how much is spin brought up when they're looking to make a change or they're trying to dial a driver, a fairway wood, even some irons in, where is spin in terms of that conversation in terms of like the popular topics that they come in to the truck with? Yeah, I mean, spin is, it's up there. It's got to be, you know, one, two or three because the spin is really a direct uh, derivative of what their flight's going to look like downrange. So um, that's what the player is seeing. They hit the ball and like the launch angle occurs, whatever, but like what they're seeing is that, that spin rate downrange and if it's a seven wood um, or a, a higher lofted club, then that's that's going to be a direct uh, influence about how the ball lands and stops, and that's a, a massive deal to those guys. So, like Marty was saying, for drivers for that four thirty, uh, it, it still happens. Like last week in Vegas, we had a non-staff guy um, just wanted to try to reduce his spin a little bit on our drivers, and then once we got that reduced, like it lived at twenty four to twenty six, like no matter where he hit it on the face. Now he's one of the best players in the world playing on the PGA Tour, but the value of that just creates so much more consistency in your game when you thin it at 26 and you high face it at 24 and both those balls end up within five feet of each other in the fairway. So we see that. And then with fairway woods, like Marty was saying, that low hit off the ground, I think is why the 430 fairway wood, it's been number one on tour for, it's been a minute now, maybe six months. I don't know. We can go back and look at that, but it's been the number one played fairway wood on tour for a while, and I think it's that it's so easy to thin a three wood off the ground, even for the best players in the world. If you can make that shot go 10 to 15 yards farther, which is what we're seeing, because the spin's not going to 4,400, it's staying around 38 to 39. Um, it's just a massive deal in the strokes that you can gain uh, throughout a four-round tournament at that level. Yeah, Marty, I mean, I always joke that you're not a great player unless you've hit a thin three wood off the tee in a golf <laughs> tournament before. I mean, it's something... Everybody, it feels like in the world's done it. I mean, I know I could name top 10 players currently in the OWGR that I've seen thin three woods. Like, this isn't something that just high handicap players deal with. How did you discover the technology that became spinsistency? Yeah, it kind of came down to, Shane, is like, you know, in the design world, you're trying to figure out what levers you can pull on to improve performance, right? And, you know, to make the moment of inertia of a three wood, uh, you're kind of fighting, oh, I can make it uh, more forgiving, but then you have to make the head bigger. As you make the head bigger, then the CG gets too high, right? So, oh, on paper, it could be a very stable club, but 
you lose uh, performance off the ground because we're trying to balance, okay, I need a really low CG on my fairway wood, but I still want to make it have that forgiveness or stability when you don't hit it perfect. So we're, we have all these things that are kind of fighting each other in the design world. And I think that the innovation with consistency is just looking at, okay, yes, we can actually sacrifice, giving ourselves permission that we can sacrifice a little bit of the launch angle because when we change the, the, the face curvature or the roll profile, which is the top to bottom curvature, if we make that tighter at the bottom, you'd launch it lower. So that always kind of sounded bad. Like the initial launch angle is going to be a little bit lower, but it turns out there's a sweet spot. And this is where our modeling capabilities in the design innovation world have really helped. It's to say, okay, we can move the CG a little bit lower. The moment of inertia can be a little bit lower. We're going to launch it a little bit lower uh, for those low impacts on the face. But the reduction in spin is going to be an overwhelming benefit, right, over those other factors. So it's this kind of tug of war that we're always having in the design world and giving ourselves permission that a lower initial launch is okay because we're going to make up for it with more ball speed. When you have more ball speed low on the face, that's a big driver of that peak height. So the golfer, you can't really see the initial launch angle. You can measure it on a, on a radar, obviously. But the, what, what the golfer really senses when they talk about launch is really kind of that peak height and how much it's spinning. And that was, I think, the big thing we gave ourselves permission to do. And it turns out that, you know, higher ball speed, low on the face, and controlling spin is, is an overwhelming benefit. KO, you know, we've seen the tour player turn to the cut with the driver, right? I mean, it seems like almost everybody that plays professional golf now is leaning on that cut because the ball can travel a lot further and the spins down on the cut than what we've seen in previous iterations. What's been the popular ball flight with the three wood? Because it's always felt like to me that the guys would cut the the drivers, but they could still turn those three woods over. Is that still the case? Do you still feel like if you've got to hit that draw, you're leaning on the three wood? Yeah, I always have said this, and this is something I think another um, feature of the 430 that our team uh, on tour and Marty's team with engineering did a great job of marrying was um, as we were adding this consistency to our fairway woods, they still felt like we would still do – in 425, we put a, like three or four grams in the heel of a lot of three woods because like you were mentioning – no matter who you are, if you're like Harris English is a cut only guy, if he has one club in his bag he wants to draw, it's that three wood. So we kept on talking about that. And the 430, that has been a home run in terms of its ease to turn over. It, in, because it gets up in the air so easy, that com- the comfortability of turning it over is a lot more just because it's higher. And then it just naturally has a little quicker toe. So now, if anything, we've been able to put just a little bit of toe weight or no uh, glue anywhere uh, left or right-wise, and guys can still turn it over easy. So you get a club that's super forgiving, great on thin misses, and can turn over off the tee. I think that's why I, I, I mentioned before it's been you know number one on tour for so long. Yeah, Marty, I mean, the, the G430, 3-wood, and driver have been incredibly popular, not just with ping staffers. I mean, you've seen so many players outside of the ping family come to this golf club. Spinsistency was introduced with G425, when you saw consistency in those clubs, how did you tweak it, change it, improve it when you guys got to G430? 
Yeah, it got a lot more complex when we put it in the driver because, um, you know, there's just so much more at stake there. The ball's being hit further. Uh, There's a lot more optimization. Really fun to do that project. It's leaning on our 3D motion capture system, Focal. Uh, It's looking at how different players deliver the face-to-path. It's running a lot of models of, okay, what if we change the face curvature by this much, this much? And we actually have different face curvature on our different models because let's say for the faster swing speed players um, at very high ball speeds if they hit it off the toe they're going to curve the ball more because their ball speed is higher like the impact that 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 gear effect and then in in the impact on the spin axis is going to be different than players that swing it slower so we actually have different face curvatures different levels of consistency on the different models and we continue to refine that so we gained a lot of confidence with the 425 we refined it even further with the 430 both on bringing it into the driver which was a game changer i think it's one of the the kind of hidden secrets of the g430 drivers that's consistency which means you don't have to hit the center of the face more often we're fitting players into longer length drivers uh you know we talked about that a little bit with victor when we talked to him and then the fairway wood has been unbelievable and i think it's Not only the three-wood has been an amazing club on the PGA Tour, but then just bringing that into what does that mean on the five-wood, seven-wood, nine-wood scenario where that same problem exists, Shane. You don't always hit it perfect, right? And you want that tight, stable flight. And that's been a downside to fairway woods that players in the past, including better players like, yeah, fairway woods, hybrids, there's too much uh, distance variability. And consistency solves that. So now you can hit that number. Now you you need you want the seven wood for the higher flight, but now you you can hit that number with more predictability, more reliability. And that I think that's been also one of the secret ingredients on the the high lofted fairy woods, which is have grown in popularity out there. Kenton, when you introduce these clubs, Marty was talking about going to Vegas and showcasing the new clubs to the tour players. I've been to the proving grounds, I've been fit multiple times at Ping. One of my favorite parts is the explanation of these golf clubs before you take them out and hit them. Do you guys ever not tell tour players what's going on just to see the reaction to something like consistency where in the air they're smart enough golfers and they're good enough to almost understand what they're hitting when they're hitting it and they're seeing those types of results? Yeah, a lot of the times uh, when we introduce new products, we're going to build it to um, either exactly to their spec or get with the engineering team and just like they'll let us know, hey guys, you might need a half degree less loft or half degree more loft. And then we really like to get that raw uh, initial reaction okay. and, and learn from them. They're the best players in the world, right? So I want to give Victor Hovland and Tony Finau that driver, have them hit it three or four times, and then have them come back to me. What do you like? What do you don't like? What are you seeing that's different? And then that's how I think, you know, we get better is that we take, you know, we're not trying to change what we do in our drivers. I've worked here 10 years. I feel like we've had the same goal in our drivers and we've just finally, uh, we just keep making it a little bit better every, every cycle. And I think part of that is the feedback we get from those guys. KO with the, with the seven wood, cause Marty hinted at it. And I want to talk a little bit about the lofted woods with you specifically, because obviously you're out there with the tour players. How many seven woods did you guys carry on the truck six years ago? Like were there, were, was there a seven wood on the truck? Yes. So I, I have to give credit. Christian Pena, who runs the tour department now, he's kind of like the godfather of the seven wood. <laughs> um, he played one in, in Japan when he played and he had great success with it. And I remember, I believe it was the U.S. Open at Marion. He built one for every single player. 
And a bunch of guys were like, oh, out of the rough, I can hit this. This is so much easier to hit into greens on par fives. And you can fact check me. I believe Hunter Mahan took out his six iron that week and played all of his woods, three, five, and seven, because he's like, I don't need a six iron. This course is short. I never hit it. And this seven wood is so valuable. So uh, we've been doing fairway woods for my entire, my, that seven wood for my entire time on tour, which is coming up on eight years, I think. And that's because Christian, you know, he, he really loved it when he played and he saw the value and it's uh, credit to him to get us to have so many in play. But we do have, so we have a ton in play now from, from even that standpoint. I mean, is it is it rarer to find a tour player now that's not playing a third wood? I mean, I just feel like it was always standard to have two head covers in your bag, and then you would occasionally run into guys that would have three and four. Now it feels like it's rare to see a bag that just has two head covers. I mean, on our staff, I can, I'll speak to our staff. I'll call it 30 guys. I would say almost all 30 have a seven wood. And on a week to week, the cool thing that's happened over the last two years, and I think it's because of how much better the product has become, speaking to Marty's point on that 430 and this consistency and the ability to hit the shot, because we've made the seven wood so much better and it still has all the benefits it did in the past, I would say week to week play, we have 20 in play. I, almost everybody plays it on a week to week basis. Marty, how's your bag changed? I mean, like personally for you, I mean, what is your what was your bag like a decade ago versus now. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a decade ago I was, you know, always playing a hybrid. So it was like driver three wood hybrid, then four iron. Now I love having uh, multiple options between my three wood and my four iron, and okay. e- and even my four iron is kind of like we'll call it technology infusion because I'm playing the you know, I-525 that has a little more uh, ball speed. I play it with retrospect so I can launch it high. But then I will mix up playing hybrid, five wood, seven wood, or our crossover, depending on the course. So I carry a lot of clubs in there. They're all kind of dialed in, and I love being able to swap them. And, and that's what I've loved about these high lofted fairway these these high lofted fairway woods. And even our hybrid, our hybrid option has consistency built into it as well. And I think Shane, we've talked about that. Is you got your your irons fly the lowest, give you some uh, different options with the flatter face or the crossover that's doing that with the flatter face. Then you got hybrids go medium high, uh, and been great for a lot of players. And we see a lot of like you know our LPGA tour players, for example, playing all the way up through our six hybrid and replacing six irons, which is awesome. Even the better players are doing that because of the spin consistency that has solved that distance control issue. That's the biggest thing for golfers to realize out there. Like, oh, hybrids go left, or once in a while I get the flyer that goes over. We've kind of solved that. So give it a shot, give it a chance, even in, in, in the hybrids. Um, and then having those high lofted fairway wood options. And one thing I wanted to ask KO about this was um, how you use length to fit for spin or control with those high lofted fairway woods. Because I'm going down the list of our tour players that have played a seven wood or or five wood. You know, Terrell, Victor played it at the Masters. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit, KO. You know, Mackenzie Hughes, Austin Cook, Taylor Moore, Corey Connors, all these guys are playing that seven wood at like – 41 inches or let's see Terrell's even got his is 40 and a half so like an inch and a half short of our our standard length how do you use length is that fitting lever to kind of dial in distance launch and spin in, in the high lofted fairway woods yeah that's a great question I think that's actually uh, kind of the secret to how we do it out there that 41 inches has really become a great spot for launch angle. If you get it uh, 41 inches and about 19 degrees of actual loft, guys start to launch it between 9 and 11 degrees. And that initial lower launch angle 
makes guys a lot more comfortable with the club because all the uh, like resistance we get from it is like Victor Hovind's a good example. He's like, I'm like, dude, I think you could use a seven wood at majors or really firm golf courses. And he's just, his apprehension was that I was just going to go so high, Kenton. It's just going to go so high into the wind. I can't hit it. So it's not going to be very versatile, right? Because he just has this idea that's going to peak out. If there's five miles in his face, it's not going to go the distance he needs. Well, at the shorter length, and the little reduction in loft using the, the loft sleeve, they're launching it so low relative to the loft of the club that they can hit penetrating yeah. flights. If they turn it over, they get that, you know, they get the sweet spot on the 7 wood is get them to 4,400 RPMs of spin on a straight shot. And that's how Hatton got a little bit more reduced in, in length because he was overspinning a little bit. So instead of taking off more loft, we just cut it down, reduces the launch, reduces the spin a little bit. You get them around 44 to 4,600 on the straight ball. Well, then the draw spin at about 4,000, and it can go anywhere up where it's like 260 for those guys. And then you can still like slap a cut out there at 5,000, and that one goes about 240. So then you're covering 20 yards of coverable yardage on the PGA Tour. That's, there's no other club in your bag that can really do that effectively as that 7 would. Such a great – it's just such a great fitting lever, I think, for all of our fitters out there of, you know, why does going shorter work? You know, it's reducing the club head speed a little bit when you go shorter. And yep. then when you go shorter, you can play the ball a little bit further back and you you deliver with less dynamic loft, a little more handle lean at impact, so to speak. It's just a great use case. So it doesn't mean it's for everybody. Uh, KO, I think the flip side, we were talking about Cameron Champ, uh, who doesn't need a seven wood, <laughs> but he plays a five wood is his three wood. I think a five wood maybe in yep. the big minus or something. Obviously, he's always had to play a lot of loft on his driver because his angle of attack is more down. Uh, yep. You know, we have Corey Bacon on our team who plays a twelve degree driver as his driver, and a, he's always played a five wood, and he hits it way further than my three wood. Tell us a little bit about maybe about some of those guys who are playing a five wood, and maybe Cam is is the main one there uh, as their three wood. Uh, yeah, Cameron's definitely he does that on a on a day to day basis, just because you know it does help that he has so much club head speed and ball speed. So um, that five wood's still going probably two eighty five yeah. for Cameron. But um, the nice thing about the five wood that we do for Austin Cook will do it if he gets a course that's actually uh, a little bit softer, he'll go five wood. And um, other guys have done it from time to time just when their swing gets off a little bit because the, one of the things that most guys hate on tour is if they get under it and behind it and they can't get off their right side. So sometimes guys will do a five-wood just like, hey, I don't want to you know, get under it and flip it over there. I just want to get a five-wood and smash down on it. And you know, if it spins a little bit more, I'm okay. So that's one way that we use the five-wood is just give guys some loft. And with the consistency of the five-wood, and when you turn it down in that loft sleeve, it's not like they spin that much more. There's only about a, You can get a five-wood to spin on just a couple hundred RPMs more than our, our three-wood. Marty, you mentioned that you carry a lot of clubs when you play competitive golf. Um, I was thinking as you were talking, I know you probably have status with an airline, but what's this bag weighing in at? I mean, are we like, are we nearing 65, 70 pounds as we check in? Shane, one of, okay, this is a golf hack right here, and I don't know if okay. you do this, but I put a luggage, you know, one of those luggage scales. I have like a garage uh, storage up top, and I hang it up there. And anytime I pack my bag, boom, check I hang it, it on there and make sure it's at 49.9, you know? So that's a little <laughs> golf hack for all the golfers out there. You're like, I don't need this extra sleeve of balls. It'll be okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just hit the same balls in the practice round. Uh, always a stress, by the way, when you go to the airport oh, with the bag yeah. for like a six- or seven-day golf trip, and it's like – 
This is gonna peak fifty, I think. Exactly. Yeah, you got you got it. You got to have that scale at home and optimize it. And I, I usually end up putting training aids, balls, all that heavy stuff in bag number two over there, <laughs> and maybe carry on bag three. <laughs> exactly. That's the key. You can even if it gets close, you can pop off all your heads nowadays. That that I mean, three heads is gonna save go. you a couple pounds. Get those. Yeah, I mean. We're, it can't go in at 51. That's just where we live. It can't yeah, do that. You, you can't do it. Uh, KO, I wanted to ask you, we've talked seven woods and we dipped into the five woods. Can you talk about the nine wood revolution? Because it feels like we're moving in that direction as well, where you're going to see more t- tour players to go more loft on the woods than less loft. Yeah. So we've actually, we've had probably, I'll say five to 10 um, nine woods in play over the last couple of years. And it's, it basically comes wow. at extreme course setups. Okay. So, like, you get a course with super high like, uh, wing foot. Marty played there. We had a couple guys put in nine woods that just – it was just like I can hack this thing out of rough from 180 to 200, and I can't do that with any other club in my bag. So I don't need this four iron or seven wood even. I'm just going to play this club. And so when I get in that super thick rough, I can at least hack this down the fairway. I think uh, Taylor Moore played one at Torrey Pines for the same reason. It's such a long golf course that his seven wood was ir- irrelevant. Um, so just put the nine wood into play so that you can hack it down when you hit it in that primary rough. Kenton, what's a tour player hit a nine wood? Like not, not a Cam Champ, not a Tony Finau, but what is like a middling tour player, middling average distance tour player hit a nine wood? It's probably going to go about 225, 230. Okay. The coolest thing about nine woods in a tour player's hand is it's, I mean, what is it, 23-ish degrees of loft, and we build them at 40 inches with like a telephone pole shaft. <laughs> they can't, if they hit it 227, like solid, they can't hit it 229. Like it just has like a governor on it because of all the loft. It's awesome. Like they just, it only will go 227. I got to try it. That's on my list, man. I'm, I'm making a note. Try a nine wood. I mean, Marty, I mean, you just add another add another club to the bag. I mean, this is just one more thing you got to put into the travel bag. Exactly. It's just, again, I, I, I just go back to the – I just find the waves of the golf technology where it was everybody played a hybrid and then it was, then it was driving irons and crossovers and now the lofted woods. And, Marty, going back to what we started the conversation with, a lot of this is due to the technology involved in these golf clubs where – now you can lean into other areas of your golf bag that you didn't know existed because they're going to perform more consistently than they did 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, totally, Shane. I think I think one of the fun things for the listener that I, I think you've heard from me is that I'm very optimistic that we can keep making golf clubs easier to hit. Right? Uh, I think a lot of I think a lot of golfers out there are like, oh, the manufacturers they're so, they're all constrained by all these rules. What more can they do? That is the furthest thing from the truth. Like we are di- doing things like consistency is a really innovative way to improve the face stability uh, and to improve your spin consistency. I mean, one of the biggest things I remember going back to Cam Champ there in Vegas, KO, was he was there. He had the force, he had the uh, quad, uh, and uh, Sean Foley was with him. So he had the quad, Sean Foley there, hitting the 430 driver, and his spin range, none of his drives changed spin by more than like 100 RPMs. And I was there for like 20, 20 or 30 straight <laughs> tee balls. And I'm going, yeah. holy moly. So if the golfer's out there, they're going in, you're going to get a fitting. Look at that spin range. Look at how high your spin is with your gamer driver, how low it is. Or or for the techies out there, look at this number that says plus or minus of spin. So you get your spin, you have your grouping, that plus or minus of spin 
is your spin consistency. That's how tight your window is. So your gamer might be like plus or minus 500, plus or minus 400. That means one time your spin might be 3,200, then it goes to 2,200. With the 430, you'll go in there and evaluate this, and you might see your average spin being 26, your high might be 28, your low might be 24. That's that tight window, and we're just, it's so fun, Shane, to keep passing along those things to the golfer, and that's a real practical way for the fitters and the golfers out there to measure that in your fitting environment. Marty, I don't know if you have these numbers in front of you, so if you don't, you can obviously discard the question, but we talk a lot about spin, and we always urge people, if you're going to get fit, go find a pink fitter in your area, lean into them, lean into their their knowledge and the basis of what they have at their disposal. But let's say somebody doesn't do that. What is an average spin or an op, let's say optimal spin for an average player? So let's say if you hit it 250 to 260 off the tee, 270 to 290 off the tee, what should the spin look like with the driver? Shane, that man, that's a great question. And it's, it's, I think we want to encourage everybody now that fitting environments are so easy to find. We could give you a general number, but it's, it's highly dependent on your club speed, which we could get from that distance range. Right. But the other ingredient that is mandatory to know is your angle of attack. Right. You got to know your angle of attack. And that's hard to see with the naked eye. And now I think we're living in an age that's super easy to go find that out because all of our fitters out there have launch monitors that can measure that and they have access to tools like Ping Copilot or Optimal Launch and Spin Chart. So yeah, dial up, go to ping.com, click on find a fitter, type in your zip code, find a fitter nearby you that's using Ping Copilot, go to them and they will get you absolutely dialed. Uh, Kenton, before we let you go, we've talked seven woods. We've talked to nine woods. We're, are we are we going to eleven woods or like where where does this stop? Like what's that next step? Or do you think nine wood is the stop sign? I think nine wood is the stop sign. I think we're good there. You don't think we're gonna go to eleven? Okay. No, I don't. I don't think so. Ko, you don't remember? Do you remember Daniel Chopra with the G two Elwood? He put it in at a U.S. Open. Yep. Marty, what was that? What was that like? I mean, what what was that comparable to? That was like an eleven wood. It was like okay. an eleven wood, and it was uh, now granted it was for the U.S. Open. I forget where it was that year, and he's looking for the ultimate hack out club, you know. Uh, but we have had some tour players do it. But I, I think I, I'm kind of along the lines as Ko. I think on the PGA Tour, nine wood might be it for for at least the foreseeable future. Still wild again to to kind of <laughs> see it. I mean, I I will say this. I went out a couple days ago with the family to my club. And we were just kind of driving around. And it's actually excellent practice because you go out late in the day. Nobody's really on the golf course. My son can run around like a crazy person. Love my it. daughter now is yes. walking wild. And she yes. kind of likes to just run around as well. And I can just kind of hit shots. You know, I've never hit a shot from here. I've always wanted to hit this shot. And I threw the seven wood in the bag because I've kind of had it in the bag and out of the bag over the last few months. And I was hitting some of those 235, 240-yard shots with the seven wood. And it doesn't deviate much left to right. You know, I mean, you really can see it fly straight high and land soft. And depending on the conditions of the year out here in the Northeast, it is going to be in the bag for 2024. I can guarantee that. And uh, it's fun to see. Kenton, how was your second appearance? What would you say? Would you like it more or less? Now, it's not as beautiful behind you as the first (laughs) appearance, but what were your thoughts on appearance number two? 
Uh, it was it was just as good as the first. I do enjoy uh, those majors are pretty fun. So hopefully our, our third one can be at Augusta because that that's a pretty oh, special spot. I like that. I like that. That's that's nudging the powers to be to have us do the podcast <laughs> exactly at the Masters across the street, of course. But we can do it, uh, you know, near the parking lot. Uh, Marty, a lot that's of right. fun. Consistency is so cool, and it's so fun to dive into. And obviously, this world of seven woods, as we've talked about, the popularity of these woods have blown up. And it feels like the more people I play golf with, the more I see them in the bag. Yeah, it's been super fun. Go out, check them out, get fit for them. I think if you're one of our fitters out there, don't be afraid to play around with length. And uh, G430, family Shane, uh, thanks to KO and, and our team and the, and the performance of it, has taken the PGA Tour by storm. It's been the number one model played on the PGA Tour, I think like nine straight weeks or something this summer. And even a few times lately, it's been over double uh, the most popular model than than some of the other models out there. So go go give a shot uh, and uh, enjoy having very stable spin. Marty, here's how popular G430 is right now. Every time I play golf these days, I'll have somebody ask to hit my driver to the point now I'm a lefty. They can't hit my driver. They don't really <laughs> think about it. I've gotten to the point now where I've, I'm thinking about reaching out to Bill and saying, you might need to send me a righty G430 just to have it in the bag. Just you to have it demo. in the golf bag, and you go, yeah, actually, you yeah. can hit this one. You can swing this one and, uh, and see the performance that we all love because it is an unbelievable golf club, and it's my favorite driver to hit, and I love it so much. And I can't wait to see you know, what you guys have kind of in the hopper because I cannot only imagine if it improves off of G430, it's going to be in every golfer's bag. Uh, Kenton, appreciate the time. Marty, always great to see you. This is the Ping Proving Grounds Podcast. <laughs>